Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor at Doxa Church, and we have episode three in season five. Today, we have an old returning voice coming back to us. The long-awaited arrival of Sally Enns is here. I'm back. Welcome back. Rastier yes. than ever. A little <laughs> sick, but I'm here. The first day back, and the voice just didn't want to cooperate. You sound a little bit like my my grandmother yeah. with... Yeah, but that's okay because it's you're, it's so great to have you back, Sally. Grandmother Sal. Absolutely. And a new partner for Sally, Jeremy Hartman. Hey, hey Jeremy. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Thanks yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Sally, so I know we've, we've grown in our audience base and we have a lot of new listeners that may not remember back in the dark ages when we first started this podcast from Jamie's basement. Um, so early in the morning. Yes, we were we were in this frigid basement. Uh, it's like so six a.m. I don't know what we were doing. I don't know how we all decided that would work. Now but. it's midnight on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what's uh, what's life like for you right now? Do you want to give us a little update? Yeah, just uh, hanging in there. Austin's still in medical school. Yes, he's gonna start rotations in the fall. Awesome. I'm just going to work, living life, you know. Oh, you Nothing go. too much new, but that's okay sometimes. Now, where do you work? I work at Upstate Oral Surgery. Yeah. Sweet. Been there I, about a year and a half. That's awesome. I think you're doing a good job over there, too, because I actually randomly hear people who are like, oh, yeah, I went to the dentist, and a girl there goes to goes to your church. Really? And she was really nice. Yeah, it happens. Like It's oh. happened more than once. Yeah, I'm handing out that. flyers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, we are here today, and we're going to cover a scary word. The word is commitment for this episode. When you think of someone who is non-committal, you usually think of them as being weak, or at least you think of it in a negative sense usually. And when you consider what this word entails, commitment is a very empowering word, but what should you commit to? And how do you commit to something? And what does commitment do to someone when they make a commitment. Those are some of the things that we wanted to discuss today as we take a look at this at this principle that we see in the Bible. Yeah, those are all, I'm sorry, those are just all like super deep questions I don't think a lot of people ask themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And this podcast has always been about how we can live our life on mission for the glory of God. And I think we're going to see when you dive deep into the word commitment, it is a way that we have to live our life if we're going to truly maximize our potential for the glory of God. So I read an article recently entitled Five Reasons Why Millennials Struggle with Commitment. This was an online article and we're all millennials here, right? I mean, Sally, I to say. are you a millennial? Are you, mm-hmm. are you, what is the, what's the cutoff here? I, uh, Okay, I think it's 1995. I could be wrong. I'm right on the edge in 1995. You are 1995. Okay, somewhere around there. You're right. You are on the verge of being Generation Z, I believe. So, yeah, in a few years, we'll probably know where you stand. Because, yeah, isn't it like, I think it starts in 1985. Something like that. No, 1983. Because I I was born in 84. 
I know. What riveting material. Here we are. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> anyway, we have some people um, on one end of the spectrum, just barely made millennial, myself. And then Jeremy's like in the middle. Sally's bringing it up. You know, you're on that cutting edge, yeah. you know. So all spectrums of the millennials. So I think we're not going to bash millennials here. We're going to talk about ourselves. Yeah. And yeah, I think, would y'all agree though that millennials seem to struggle with, with commitment? Oh, yeah. Have you noticed? Yeah. Absolutely. I was actually having a conversation with uh, a couple of older guys. One guy used to work in HR okay. and just having the conversation of like the older generation will work in a single job for like 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think the average for the millennial age is maybe five to seven. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's, there's yeah. a huge, like there's a lot of jumping around and, mm -hmm. and it creates different opportunities, but also different problems. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I can totally see that. And I mean, part of that is the climate. There's a lot of factors in there, but this article actually had five really good thought-provoking points on why millennials do struggle with commitment. And so the first one was, they called it choices, choices. Too much choice is paralyzing. The more options we have, the more we fear that we will make the wrong choice. I don't know if you've ever heard of this term, choice overload, but like five years ago, they did all these studies and shoppers were more likely to, to buy a jar of jam if they had six choices. That was like the perfect number okay. of choices, six choices. But if they had more than that, it started getting worse all the way to the point where if they had 24 choices of jam, most people just won't buy anything. They'll just walk away. Like they just, it's complete choice overload and they can't handle it. And that made me think though, as a complete side note, it is really hard to choose donuts at the donut shop and ice cream at the ice cream shop when you have all those choices. Yeah. Like, for me, I've got my go-to. So at least for that, not so much, but when I'm going to a new restaurant yeah. and they've got this huge menu, I just get so stressed out. Like I just, <laughs> I would rather leave right. than try to make a decision. The cheesecake factory cheesecake. menu. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's horrible. I, I hate it. Yeah. You do need a go-to in life, a go-to ice cream that you can always fall back on. I mean, nowadays you can have your meals delivered to your door 25 yeah. different ways. From different companies. It's Choice City out there. And that was the first one that contributed to this. Point number two was media messages. Our generation, millennial generation, are digital natives, meaning we're the only generation that has never uh, not had technology. We've never really had to adapt to that. And not surprisingly, millennials are the biggest users of Facebook and, and all the social media platforms. And through that, there's always something to stream. We always have information at our fingertips. So not surprisingly, um, the 24-7 media coverage covers stuff, but we don't truly really know what's going on. And the predominant theme, a lot of times it is portrayed in the media, is that love is fleeting, fickle, and more often than not, it's surrounded by pain and disappointment. Kind of like what you would see in The Bachelor, basically, <laughs> which I think way back in one of our podcasts, we've, we have talked about that. Um, but it's no wonder the younger generation are almost rendered motionless when, when committing to just one option is on the table. Another one was the app equation. It's very similar, but you're bombarded with like a highlight reel of life 
of everyone else. And we only observe the best people and the relationships. And we don't really see the reality that, you know, the perfect glamour shot and hashtag life goals is not really like realistic for everyone. Number four was trust issues. One study found that 19% of millennials say most people can't be trusted. That's 19%. And then that's compared with 31% of Generation Xers. That's a lot more yeah. people that don't yeah. that don't trust people out there. Absolutely. So yeah, the term overconnected disconnect kind of plays into that. And it's it's one of those things where in order to really trust someone, you have to know them on a more personal level. And if you just know someone through technology, you you're overconnected. You know all these different people, but you don't know them really deeply. You just kind of know them on a surface level. So that plays into it. And then the last one they talked about was living at home. Um, shelter, a sheltered way of living where we pay less or no rent. We have dinner on the table. You know, you can get your laundry done. Like there's just no sense of urgency in overall decision-making with more millennials staying at home. Agree or disagree. I'm sure some of those are true. Not those probably aren't true for, for all of us, but those are the factors at large that are going on with the millennial generation. And I think that trickles really down into all of our society, Generation Z, even even the millennials' parents are kind of faced with some of the things, same things now. And I don't say all this to make excuses. I just think it's interesting because this article does put together a pretty clear case that there are a lot of factors merging together right now that do give this particular character trait, the trait of commitment, it brings some extra challenge. So what about commitment makes it a great thing? We've talked about how, yeah, in 2020, it's like a scary thing and rightfully so. Is it even a notable attribute to strive for? Well, if you go to the Bible, Solomon, as he was dedicating the temple, which which took years to build, he said to be fully committed to the Lord, to live by his decrees and to obey his commands. That's That's what life was all about. And I love that he started it with to be fully committed to the Lord. And you know, that verse is true. It's still true of God. But if you go to a scripture that even hits more close to home for us is a verse about the early church in Acts 2.42. And it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. So when you look at the Bible as a whole, there are three things that we have to commit to that make or break who we are as a person living for the glory of God. And that's Jesus, the church, and marriage. When you commit to these things, what you're doing is elevating them. So why is commitment to the most important things in life such a foundational element? It's because commitment is an attribute of God's character. God commits to his church. God is committed to restoring this broken, sin-cursed world. God calls a man and woman to give their lives to each other and commit. So I think it is helpful to understand that being committed to something that is bigger than yourself individually is one of the most rewarding things that you can ever do. Because when you commit to something, you make sacrifices. And along with making sacrifices, you are at the same time investing in others. And we find joy and fulfillment in that because we were created to live that way. So part of maturing and growing up and being who you were called to be means we don't shy away from commitment. We embrace it 
because we know that that's what builds up other people. So it builds up our own relationship with God, and it's a necessary way to bring glory to God and carry the name of Jesus. Yeah. So as as you're talking through that, like I'm like I'm just picturing like celebrities, and I'm picturing athletes yeah. and these people who are devoting their lives to these essentially the, these crafts and just a level of commitment and you know you, you had mentioned devoting yourself to something bigger what we're seeing with a lot of these men and, and women who have dedicated their whole lives to these things that are, that are bigger than themselves falling short and and really struggling like you see a lot of depression among some of these people and yeah that can get discouraging for those of us who have not met necessarily you know reached a, a certain level uh, so I think it's also worth noting that you know the, these are things that cannot be committed for an entirety of life because you yeah. know they are not eternal they don't go beyond ourselves uh, yeah. they, they are not beyond our own extension of, of self so understanding that you know truly like the one thing that we can commit to that is actually bigger than ourselves that it's not about ourselves is is God and and the church and and, and marriage right because in, in these three things like you are not the one who who has the strength you know that must come from Christ mm-hmm. um, yeah like there is there is some honor and some worth in these commitments that athletes and celebrities and and whatever like mm-hmm. whatever your pursuit is there there is honor in that. That in itself is not going to bring us satisfaction. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, yes, commit to these things. Right. But also commit those commitments to what is greater than even that. Right. It's almost like if you commit to, say, a sport or you're committing to a game and you're putting one of those commitments over the place of one of these, like, core commitments. Right then you are setting yourself up to something like, okay, well, you could be really good at, say, basketball, right? And, yeah. But your your whole life, if it's and your whole life. some other things. Right. Yeah, yeah, true. You're, you're going to probably, yeah, you're going to probably lose something in some of these other areas. Yeah, and of course, not last. they're not bad, right. but we must do them for the sake of what is greater. Yeah, so. It's just a great, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it is true. Like when you are committed to something else like that, it, it does help you become great at it, right? Like you can't, you can't become great at soccer or painting or singing unless you commit yourself to it to a certain extent. It's just that realization that that same commitment is what I have to put in my spiritual life with right. my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And I can't let that commitment overshadow one of these base core commitments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our prioritize what's most important and yeah. then prioritize from there what you're going to commit to. Yeah. Cause I, I think I saw a stat not, I don't, I don't know like if, if the, the statistics are 100% correct. Uh, but I would not be surprised if it is said about 75% of young people leave the church once they're, you know, college or adult age, which I, I mean, I would not doubt it. Mm-hmm. And the, what this person was looking at was, you know, what we spent our time on in a daily week, you know, 30 hours of school, 30 hours of, of media and maybe two hours of yeah. 
being in God's word and prayer and, and that. So, I mean, you, you see what happens, you know, in contrast to the people of Acts who are devoting themselves daily to the apostles' teachings, right. as opposed to what we see a lot today is, you know, you got Sunday, you got, you know, life groups, and then that's usually it for people instead of going beyond to that daily devotion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting to go back to that list. It's like, okay, they devoted themselves. I mean, they were fully, fully into these things, the apostles teaching. So they cared about like learning truth to fellowship and breaking of bread, which those things really are close. Those can go hand in hand, right? Like having people over, like we're going to break bread together. We're going to have a meal together, spending time talking with one another in community and then in prayer, like they were committed to that. And that's a great blueprint for the church. Like, yeah. do you want to grow in your walk with Jesus? Commit yourself to those four things right there, and you will grow in your relationship with God. It's winter time out there, for those who haven't noticed. It is very much winter is, right now. It has arrived. I was grilling salmon on my grill outside, and I was freezing to death today. <laughs> now that's committed. <laughs> yes. Wow. Now. As I'm sitting here in shorts. <laughs> <laughs> the New England, former New Englander. Yes. Yeah, but it seems to me that thinking about the flu, the colds, that new virus that came over from China. Are you serious? I didn't even hear about the that. coronavirus. Yeah, the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, it killed a lot of people. In China and it's in the U.S. now. Oh, great! Watch out for that. But I was just thinking about our topic of commitment this week. And as Austin got the flu last week, and now that I'm sick, I was like, "There's nothing on this earth that's more committed to getting you coming after you." Oh, for real! Like it. It's like January. The viruses come out and they're like, I have two months to get it done. Let's go. (laughs) They run around. They just, you know, do their thing. Exactly. But I was just thinking about that the other day. And imagine if we, as Christians, stopped at nothing to spread the gospel. Like a virus stops at nothing to just get with everybody. That would be really aggressive and dedication. Yeah. (laughs) I have a real life example that will make it less aggressive. Okay. So, as many of you may or may not know, I didn't mention earlier, I work at a medical office. And one time we had a patient come in, and he handed me a dime. And I was like, okay. 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 He then said that the dime represented the Ten Commandments as a guide to live our lives by. And he went on to share the gospel with me. I was like, wow, so nice. Yeah. And I then watched. He sat down, and while he was waiting for his appointment, he went, to every single person in the waiting room and shared the gospel with every single one. Wow. Not an aggressive way. He just, you know, handed the dime, said what he needed to say, and then just yeah, moved on. A polite way. But I was really convicted when I when I met that man. I know in my life, you know, at times, uh, it's definitely a challenge to be that bold and share the gospel with strangers. You know, yeah. just people you've never met, just share Jesus with them. That's good. It's really cool, too, that, I mean, he didn't know that you were a Christian, but it challenged you. So it's like a Christian motivated you, and he didn't even realize that. Yeah. But, yeah, that's awesome. It's a win-win situation there. For me, sometimes I think what really holds me back, I know the first podcast of this season was talking about goals for 2020. Mm Mm-hmm. So just kind of touch back on that. Our goal of mine this year is really, you know, to start sharing more with people, you know. Yeah. 
that I don't know closely, people that I do know closely, just, you know, share mm-hmm. Jesus more. But for me, sometimes I think what holds me back is wondering if I'll have all the right words to say or the right answers to questions that they might ask. But the beautiful thing about the gospel and the word of God is that it and the Holy Spirit work on their own. They really don't need my eloquent speech to, make, to make a difference. A good reminder of this is found in Mark 4.12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the decision of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thought and intentions of the heart. Yeah. So Just use the word of God. If, yeah. if all else fails, yeah. quote some, scripture. quote some scripture. It's alive. That's right. That's a beautiful thing. So my encouragement for any listeners out there, if you feel like something holding you back is just not having the right words to say, just be encouraged that it's really not up to us to change the heart. It's just up to us to deliver the message. Yeah. So just thinking about 2020 and committing more to that's good. More to that in my life. Just those simple truths about it, those reminders that we all need to hear helps with just making that a consistent commitment. Like I can commit to something when I know, you know, it's not all on me to, to rise and fall. Like I'm just going to obey and I'm committed to that obedience piece and God's going to do the rest of the work. That's a great reminder. So I'm just going to end us here on a little bit of a, a roller coaster ride. Hey, not, we not love to stress you out too much, <laughs> uh, but I, I do want to ask you guys some questions. So, Sally, I'll start with you. What in your life has been the easiest thing you have ever committed to? Mm, that's tough. Wow, I know. Um, I know. For me, honestly, to my husband. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, that, oh, yeah. You know, I found. I know everybody doesn't find it easy, you know, everybody has their own journey, but I don't know. I found it really easy to really commit to. I don't yeah. Know, that's marriage. a good. Yeah. No, I mean, that was legitimately yeah. one of the answers I was kind of expecting. Yeah. So, that was yeah. The first thing. Yeah. No, okay. Yeah. David, what has been the hardest thing you've ever committed oh, to? Oh, wow. I know. I can't give you the same. I can't say marriage then, right? Like, <laughs> right? I mean, you could. It's also a possibility. Oh man, yeah. Wow, I was not expecting that. What a curveball! My hardest thing. Um, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Yeah, yeah. That Chipotle challenge. That Chipotle challenge from back in the day. Now I wanted to do that. I mean, probably, uh, honestly, just when you have to parent with patience mm. and. Uh, and just to stay committed to consistently, you know, being the right kind of example. No, that's just. I feel that. It's not, it's not an easy <laughs> After one. this past week of my oldest son just being the worst human <laughs> possible. Flip the yeah. switch. One of those oh, absolutely. Stages. Yeah. But no, I want to I ask those questions because there, there are many things in our, in our lives that uh, whether we kind of are processing or not, are either super easy to commit to or super difficult, or we might even question if it's even worth Mm -hmm. the commitment. And just as an example, I want to bring up as, as Christians, oftentimes we have the best intention to just pour out ourselves Mm. for someone else. But there are those times where we just keep pouring and giving 
and it ends up doing more harm than it does good. So how do we make these decisions? How do we how do we know what is worth committing to and what is not? What is what is worth saying no to? Because you know we do have the freedom to say no to certain things, and we do have the freedom to commit to certain things. So yeah, so is there a process, or is there is there a way that we can? make these decisions uh, that we know are, are glorifying to God. And so I want us to bring us through a, a fairly simple uh, and reasonable and biblical process that, that we can make these decisions of whether to commit or not. Before I bring out the scripture, I, I want us to just come with the foundation of every decision that we ever make must come with prayer and, and fasting and, and seeking the Lord's will. Uh, so that that's first and foremost for everything, um, and and in this process is how how we can uh, help pray and and see what is best. But I do want to take this out of uh, Matthew twenty two as a means of looking at commitment through this lens. Uh, so starting in verse thirty four, it says, "But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together." And one of them, a lawyer, which of course it had to be a lawyer, was <laughs> asked him to has asked him a question to test him. Like, of course, uh, like of course he's going to. He says, "Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law?" And he said to him, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it: You shall love your neighbor as yourself." On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Amen. So we, we see a, a priority of, of what is most important. So as we are making decisions, as we are looking to commit to certain things, we must first ask the question, is this glorifying to God? If the answer is no, then, you know, stop there. Like, yeah. you're done. <laughs> like, That's there, the reoccurring theme of this podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, if, if you cannot get past the no, then yeah. don't, don't do it. And I, I think we don't like to think of that question a lot of times because we're afraid of the answer. Right. Mm-hmm. And it also it eliminates a lot of things. Yes, absolutely. So that is the most important question we must ask first. Mm-hmm. Next is... Is, is what we're doing beneficial to others? You know, is the commitment we're making, is it going to further their walk with Christ or is it going to show them the love of Christ? Are you going to be able to express the gospel to them? If it's going to cause harm, if it's going to cause them to be distracted or run away from the gospel, mm-hmm. yeah. then once again, your answer is, is no. You know, because everything we do to serve others both physically and spiritually, is so that they may experience the love and glory of God. Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, it must glorify God. And then second, it must benefit them, not just physically, but spiritually as well. That's good. And of course, I mean, all these do run together because, you know, if it's going to benefit them to know the gospel, to know Christ, then it's going to glorify God as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then lastly is yourself. Now, a lot of times people have a hard, just a hard time grasping, like, what about me? Like, what if, what if I'm being harmed? And, you know, that's, that's, it's a tough thing to 
grapple with because you have missionaries who put their lives on the line on a daily basis so that people may may know of Jesus. But at the same time, like, where's their strength coming from? So understanding that we are last on the totem pole, we must get to the next step of the process is you must look at your faith first before the faith of others. And I say that as not being more important, but as as a first step in the process, because mm-hmm. if you are not spiritually healthy, if, if you are looking away from Christ, then you are not able to help others to be spiritually healthy or, or look to Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, kind of like the, like, put on your... Uh, Air, what is it when the when your their plane is crashing and like the air mask? Oh comes yeah, down, put on like, your air mask first before, before putting on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. If you don't have the oxygen to breathe, you can't help someone else. If you're yeah. if you're down, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like although we are last on the totem pole of importance, we must look at our walk with Christ first. And somebody, some people are probably like, Jeremy, what are you talking about? I'm last on the totem pole of importance, and like, right. You're like, well, you know, the Bible says consider others more significant than than yourself, right? Like, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it doesn't say love God, love yourself. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to hear in the self care culture that we live in. Yeah, everything's about self care, which is a good thing. Yeah, but, it's, yeah. it's great. Like, um, it is an important thing, but, but it's not the most. Yeah, it's not. Thing. It's a good reminder that it's not all about that. Yeah. It's another one of those things you can commit to that can be a good commitment if it's in the right balance, right? But if you put self-care over the stuff you're right. talking about. Because once again, if it's not glorifying mm-hmm. to God or beneficial to others, yeah. then, then there's then they're all yeah. wrong direction. Because those are the most two important commandments. Yeah. Absolutely. So yes, first be spiritually healthy so that the next of the process is serving others physically and, and spiritually. Mm. And then the last step of the process as as you are pursuing Christ in all things, he is glorified in all things. So that's why it's a roller coaster because first of importance, the most, most beneficial thing is glorifying God as we're making our decisions and then serving people. But in order to do so, we must be spiritually healthy. So once again, it's not to just be so down on yourself, like oh, I'm just I'm I'm nothing. Mm-hmm. No, the the purpose of all of it is as we are pursuing Christ spiritually healthy, then we are able to push others to know Him and to know of His love, so that He is glorified, He is magnified, and He is worshipped in in all areas of our life. Mm-hmm. So any commitment we make, any decision we make must go through a process of glorifying God, being beneficial to others, and we must do so as we are spiritually healthy pursuing Christ. Yeah, that's great perspective. You made me think that really everyone is pretty much committed to something. If you really step back and analyze it, even even people who are just going after some pursuit or career ambition, like they're committed to that and it's kind of revolved around themselves. But like when you really start getting fulfillment is when you start answering those questions Mm -hmm. and saying, is it glorifying to God? Is it going to be helpful to other people? And when you start making those the biggest commitments of your life, then you get this peace and joy and fulfillment that you're not going to get. Even if you had the most success with something individual, it's not going to measure up to those things that God says we commit to. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord, 
church, family, like those things are much more enriching. Absolutely. And like you brought up the, the self-love movement, like even mm-hmm. self-love is no match for God's love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like we cannot love ourselves more than God can love us. Mm-hmm. So if we are pursuing him, then that's when we're going to find all of our fulfillment. Yeah. Um, and it's like, we're already committed to ourselves too. Like in right. one sense, everybody is committed to themselves. Yeah. We want to like succeed. Our, our flesh is already yeah, there. <laughs> it's already there. And now it's just a matter of like making, making our pursuit of Christ, our number one commitment. And that'll change a lot. When you're healthy, I feel like you can really see what's going on around you. Right. When you're at an unhealthy spot in your life, really, you're just kind of looking at you and how things affect you and you're not really looking yeah. around you. How you can yeah. be a light in the world. Yeah, so easy to get off track that way. Well, thank you for listening out there. We really appreciate all the support. Uh, we've had a few people just hashtag us and and uh, and spread the word on social media lately. Really appreciate that. If you enjoy listening to this, you can find us on Instagram at doxa underscore dialogue. So please do share. Please give us a review and pass it on to anyone who you think may find this helpful. We would not do this without you. So we really do appreciate the words of support and just your faithful listening. Take care out there. I hope you're committed to the right things and we'll see you again next week. You are loved. Thank you.